Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Social media to me is so beautiful and it's such a a tool for connection and expansion in our lives. And I, of course, have days where, or just moments where social media can feel hard because it's easy to compare yourself to other people's lives and just like all of that gunk. But more so than anything, social media helped me (laughs) connect with and meet the love of my life. And now we have a baby on the way and it's just, it's totally expanded my life in so many ways. If you can just, whatever your intention is, just hold that as the vision for how things unfold because that way you can live the balance of doing things logically and, you know, do your research and whatever and be mental about it, but also just open up intuitively to allow what is going to unfold for you uniquely to do so. Am I doing it so I get more comments and like, no, now I have a purpose behind it and it's a family and it's growing a business and having the ability to call on abundance and not only just abundance, but, you know, freedom that social media brings as well, which is, you know, being able to sell a digital product is an amazing thing that didn't exist 20 years ago, really. We have allowed ourselves to focus on cultivating a very strong foundation as a person. That's when we're overflowing and spilling from all sides and it naturally helps other people. Welcome back to the Woken Wired podcast. I'm your host, Xenia. This episode is quite special. I am very, very excited to share with you Megan Moon and Evan Rock. I'm going to share the story of how I met both of them in the podcast. They are a couple that runs a family business while living in a house in Hawaii. And they sell a variety of digital products and jewelry and skin product and they just have such a fascinating story of how they combine living this intuitive life surrounded by a lush jungle and at the same time using social media in their case it's youtube and instagram to build a global community and to offer products and to share the things that they're going through You're going to find out about how they met, which is a fascinating story of itself, and how Evan Rock went from being a very successful real estate guy in LA to just buying a property in Hawaii and leaving it all, and what role meditation played in it, how he became a philosopher and published a book based on his YouTube videos, Welcome to the 21st Century. They discussed their relationship and how Megan was based in New York City, and that's where I actually met her, was working for a very known brand here, and how their paths crossed, and she just moved to Hawaii, and now they just had a beautiful, beautiful baby. I find that this conversation has a brilliant balance of intuitive wisdom and knowledge and practices to expand your consciousness 
We touch on plant medicines and Megan's and Evan's experience with them. And at the same time, we talk about very practical tools of things that Megan and Evan did to grow their YouTube channel and what role consistency played in that and some other very, very actionable things that you can take on, whether you're building YouTube or just any online kind of digital presence, because truly, once you finish this episode, you'll be open to brand new expanded possibilities of what being active on social media and sharing on social media can open up for you and for your life, for your business, for your freedom, for abundance, for connection, everything really. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or two that you think will enjoy it as well. And take a moment to leave this show a rating on the podcast app. That is super, super helpful for more people to discover it and be impacted by these ideas of expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship in the digital age. And take a screenshot and share your takeaways with me by tagging at WokeAndWired. All the show notes, all the links to all the things we discuss are on wokeandwired.com. Find them there and get cozy, get a cup of tea, or maybe you're driving or maybe you're on a subway or in any kind of commute. Just get cozy within yourself. Take a deep breath and enjoy this conversation. Guys, I have Megan Moon and Evan Rock here with me all the way from Hilo. And I like to start by sharing how we met. And yeah. we have quite an interesting story. Yeah. As I was reaching a point in my business and in my career and life where I was getting ready to quit my full-time job and move into doing this little social media intuitive empowerment thing full-time, I was really called to go to Hawaii. And mm-hmm. I just bought a ticket blindly. I had, had no idea where I was going to go, what I was going to do, how I was going to spend my time with. I just knew that I needed to go. And it so happened, Megan, that I met you mm-hmm. very shortly after. And you said, hey, there's this incredible farm. I, I'll give you the phone <laughs> number of the guy. He can host you. There's yeah. not a lot around, but it's stunning. And there's papaya that grows there. You should go. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I also remember you spoke very, very warmly about Evan. You introduced <laughs> I him was in love. Extremely <laughs> special human. You must meet Aww. him. He's such a gift to the planet. And I ended up getting on the phone with Evan and understanding what you were talking about. He really was very kind. And mm-hmm. he had no idea who I was. Yet, Evan, you took about like an hour to speak to me about the farm, your vision, your values, mm-hmm. your commitments. And I was just really touched by that as someone who lives in New York in the super fast pace. And Megan, you were in New yeah. York at that time too. So you understand. <laughs> Very much so. And yeah. then the craziest thing happened. And after having talked to you, Evan, I, I looked you up on the internet as I usually do. <laughs> and I realized that you were the star of the song on YouTube that I was really <laughs> obsessed with. <laughs> it was by your friend Megan Elizabeth. It was Reiki Me. Oh, yes. It was parody on Wrecking Ball where you play this crazy Reiki healing guy. And I was like, what? I know this guy. I watched this YouTube video. I sent it to all my friends. And everything just like came together through through this sense of adventure. So that's how yeah. we met. And I had no idea that you guys 
you know, who knew that you would be together living this dream life off the grid in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So my first question to you is, I, when I look at your Instagram account, Evan's account says off grid Hawaii, a lot of fun emojis like hearts, planet, rain, <laughs> sun, bananas. And then Megan's profile says intuitive alchemy, word medicine, plant medicine, YouTube, moon and rock. And the intuitive alchemy book ebook is finally here. So that all sounds incredible. Your profiles look amazing. And I want to know what it is that you guys actually do on a day-to-day basis. Great question. We do so many different things. It's so trippy to hear you talk about that time because I think that was, yeah, that was over two years ago now that like when you and I first met and we had dinner at Angelica Kitchen with JC, remember? Right. And totally. Then you came out here a few weeks later and just reflecting on my life, especially at the time, was so different. I was working way more than just nine to five in New York City for a really rad company, Sakara Life. I love them so much, but I just realized the city was not for me. It was really, really hard for me to be there. And Yeah, long story short, made a big jump out to Hilo again and have been living here two years now and my life is so different. I've since then, I quit that job and I started my own business, which started just as a jewelry business initially. And that was so... Remember that? Yeah, it was called Steel Henry at the time. Yeah. And that company has now evolved into being Evan and I's company called Moon and Rock. And we still make jewelry along with many other things, more content. And we've also just put out a skin serum. So we're really diverse right now in our days. I actually wondered. You have it? Yeah, we've got a bunch of different things going on. And honestly, uh, we both just kind of wake up and feel into what the day needs from us, whether that's you know, doing jewelry stuff or skin serum stuff or creating videos. We create YouTube videos. We both love doing that so much. I think we would do that every single day if we could, but that also takes up a lot of time and creative energy. So there's that. I also have my writing. I love to write. I just put out a little ebook and yeah, it's always so different. (laughs) You're always making amazing concoctions and different teas and herbal Mm -hmm. infusions yeah and we both stretch for a little bit and meditate kind of start the morning off slowly yeah every morning we both start our morning we have kind of the same morning routine mine's been a little different because I'm eight months pregnant (laughs) now so my days are are different than they used to be I don't have nearly as much energy or just consistent energy and drive that I used to but Every day we both have to start our day stretching our body out. I think we both used to, I don't think, I know we both used to have more rigid and longer yoga routines, but we're both now in a place where if we can just take even five minutes or less in the morning to stretch out our body and just open up a little bit and then sit and meditate, it makes a world of a difference, even just for a couple minutes. That's like so important for our days. Mm-hmm. And when you say the first thing you do is really connect and ask, what does the world need from me today, right? What does the day need yeah. from me? How, do you have a specific practice for that? Or is that part of your meditation practice? 
Yeah, I actually do. It's not part of my meditation practice, although those thoughts really do every day come up into my head as I'm meditating. And it used to be kind of a part of it that I used to feel into like what feels best today. But that just takes me on a mind trip of yeah, thinking. I'd, I'd say meditation yeah. is the opposite of, of like yeah. that kind of intuitive searching, maybe. Yeah. They both so. have their place, but they're different. Mm-hmm. So after meditation, I'll actually I'll like one of the first things I'll do is sit down at my computer and I have just this one word document that I always go back to day after day. It's called daily. It's just like a little thing on my desktop. And I'll then go to that and just free write the bullet points that I want to get done that day that I feel like need the most attention. And all of these little things that we're doing all feel even though I am pregnant right now, they also all feel like little children that I, that are calling to me to take care of. And so, Hmm. yeah, we just kind of go from there and whatever feels like it needs attention, whatever orders need to be shipped out or what, what I want to write that feels like it needs to come through. I'll just do all of that first. It's just a feeling based thing, really. (laughs) It's like walking downhill, you know, gravity, you just know it's there helping you. As opposed mm. to walking uphill. Yeah. Evan, I remember when I was staying at your farm, at your property, I picked up a book of yours and mm. I read it while I was there. And I was like, whoa, this is incredible. And I had no idea that was there. So you are like the ultimate OG off the grid guy. You <laughs> have had this land for a while. You were known on YouTube as raw food guy, right? What What is your story? I had two, two YouTube channels. One has morphed into what currently is Moon and Rock. And that one was kind of my whole adventures with diet and nutrition. And yeah, that was, was the raw doing, food. Yeah, I was doing raw channel. foods, but I was, you know, just mainly plant-based, like kind of vlogger style, doing mainly like endurance triathlete kind of stuff. And had this whole other side of me that was extremely focused on philosophy and meditation specifically. And I just made it a practice to turn the camera on every day for pretty much the span of probably three, four years and just talk five, 10 minutes just into the camera about what's currently at the forefront of my kind of seeking. And that turned into a very like rewarding practice on many levels, like obviously mentally, but also I, I really, you know, kind of emotionally got clear on things. And it was almost like I use social media as a therapist and a tool for self-discovery and mm-hmm. self-improvement. And it's a whole head trip in itself to just even put yourself out there, especially so vulnerably, like, you know, just open, you know, format without any editing, just talking. But that had tremendous value in my mind of like kind of getting past a lot of the hangups that many people have with social media. Mm-hmm. And I stopped that pretty much when we got in a relationship, just like lost all drive to do that. And even for the other YouTube channel, pretty much stopped doing that too. And it stopped for about six mm-hmm. months or a year. And then Megan picked it back up and then I jumped back on board and that's what we're currently creating. But mm-hmm. yeah, for in terms of like the story of me going off grid, that was 
you know, I'm 30, I'm about to be 33. Most of my 20s, I spent suit and tie in LA or, you know, just kind of doing the whole business thing. I was in commercial real estate and helped start a company and saved up enough money to just kind of jump out of the system and wanted to go on this kind of hero's journey of just, you know, kind of like throw going into the woods and trying to document and write about it and learn through direct experience, you know, school of hard knocks. That's what I did. And you landed in Hawaii? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just jumped, jumped out into Hawaii and let the tropics teach me many lessons. And they, you know, nature has kind of uh, unforgivingly slapped me around a bit. Was it his book that he wrote that you yes, read? Yes, it was the one yeah. talking about Clarity philosophy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah. still have screenshots of it somewhere too. I took pics of the pages I liked the most. Cool. Where? So that it? book was transcribed from just some videos. of my videos. I, mm. I had some fans that were like, hey, we would love to turn this into a book. And I'm like, okay, we'll type up what I said and like <laughs> send it to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So... Evan, at what point with your hero's journey and leaving from L.A. to Hawaii, did you get into social media and how did it all start for you? It was before. I, I had a full-time job and I, and I saw the value of social media as being a kind of a doorway out of the world that I had created. And I was successful. I was, well, I wasn't, you know, making a lot of money at that time, but I was definitely on the path of, of having, you know, ownership in a, in a up and coming real estate company. And that wasn't really fulfilling all parts of me. And for whatever reason, I couldn't ignore that, even though on, from a logical perspective, it was like, are you kidding? Like you have a home in LA, you got a budding career and there's no, there was no real major bad things going on, but I just felt a void in my life. And just knew knew that I had to jump out, jump out the window, you know, figuratively and into a new world that I didn't fully know and learn from, you know, sink or swim kind of experience. So, yeah. yeah so you started <laughs> making videos while you were still working at the real estate company, right? Yeah. I wasn't my, watching those. My, my partners time, but... like found out about it and they were just like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Meditation and, videos. You know, when I was talking about some pretty esoteric stuff, I'm really into kind of, I guess, Zen Buddhism and Taoism and, you know, coming from materialistic L.A. perspective, mm-hmm. it's just pretty far out. So um, I, I've i always been somewhat of a monk. Like I wake up and even though my practice might be shorter than it is, it's still, I mean, I I make it a point to practice every day. And there was a time, a stretch in LA when it was, I could easily say I was meditating between three to four hours a day. Wow. That would be over an hour in the morning, about an hour at night. And then like in the middle of the day at work, just like cutting out some time and, and going into a little office and doing it there. And what I would do is, you know, just take that clarity that I felt from sitting still, <laughs> hence the book title. And I would turn the camera on and just start speaking and see where the train would go. And it would go into some beautiful places sometimes. And then sometimes it wouldn't. And that's okay. That's part of it too. But I just was basically rambling and 
my partners would come across that and be like, what's that all about? You know, and mm. I'd have to explain myself, but I also have like a strong sense of self-love and I really don't care that much what people think. So I just kept doing it. And, you know, on my weekends and whatnot, I would create the vlogs and that was successful too. So, so it, how? it just grew. And, and I thought that it would go in you know, an upward direction when I came out to Hawaii, because I was like, oh, I'll have mm. all this free time and I'll do all these cool adventures and it's just going to be, it's going to, it's going to be great. But it kind of, yeah, it was, it was different. So at what point when you just started putting those videos on the channel, did you realize that it's going somewhere, that it's resonating with people and it's important mm. to keep going? I would say that I first started putting things on, but nothing, I didn't get traction for a year. And I didn't post frequently enough. And then I went to a festival in upstate New York and got inspired by a particular person. And I was like, you know what? They're they're talking about just being consistent, like every day showing up, you know, cranking out the content. And that's what I started doing. And then it from there on, once I took it seriously, I started gaining followers and, and getting attention. Hmm. So it took, it was like a year process and then, you know, probably another few months after that. Mm-hmm. And when you say you took it seriously, was it, it was both a mental shift and mm-hmm. a commitment in the form of just posting more frequently, right? And consistently. Yeah. And higher quality, you know, not that I ever really had high quality in the beginning, but I, I had the intention and that was, you know, mm-hmm. it, it meant something. So but yeah, it's it's definitely frequency and like you said, just changing your your own inner perspective to see that this is this is valid in your life. It's worthy of your time and your your focus and that yeah. alone changes the entire vibe and people pick up on that. Hmm. Megan, so you said that you hadn't seen Evan's videos. I had, but I hadn't seen the ones of him when he was still in LA. I started watching his videos when he was out in Hawaii. And I think that at that time, those LA videos were probably still on the channel, but I don't recall ever watching them. Yeah, I was, I just kind of found his life when he was already out in Hawaii. So, and what happened? So you found him on YouTube. Is that how you guys met? Yeah, it is. (laughs) So I, yeah. I was she messaged in, me on um, Facebook. Yeah. yeah, I messaged him. That's really how we first met was on Facebook Messenger. And what did you say? So I was doing a project in school at the time. I was coming to the close of my senior year in college. I went to SCAD in Savannah, Georgia. So it was a very artsy school. And I was putting together a final project for a class where I was making a journal or magazine interviewing a bunch of artists. And... I wanted to interview him. And so, because I just loved his mind, like these videos aren't live on YouTube anymore. They were on a different channel and that channel isn't live anymore. So people that haven't seen them won't know what I'm talking about, but he was just speaking some really beautiful stuff and I loved his mind and thought he was super creative. So I messaged him asking him to do this interview with me and he was traveling at the time and didn't really have access to good Wi-Fi. He was in Asia, Southeast Asia, and it never ended up happening. But then a few months later, or like almost a year later, I came out on a retreat that he was hosting on the property that he still lives on, that we both live on now. And that's really how we met. And so social media to me is 
so beautiful and it's such a a tool for connection and expansion in our lives and I of course have days where or just moments where social media can feel hard because it's easy to compare yourself to other people's lives and just like all of that gunk but more so than anything social media helped me (laughs) connect with and meet the love of my life and now We have a baby on the way and it's just, it's totally expanded my life in so many ways. And how I first found him was I had gone vegan pretty intuitively. I got really sick the summer before my senior year of college and just knew that I needed to start eating better. And so I started researching veganism and the benefits of that. I didn't know a vegan or even a vegetarian at the time. I grew up in the South in Georgia, so that was very rare. Yeah, it was very out of the norm of anything I'd ever eaten or done before, but I knew that that felt right. And so he was one of the first people that I found on YouTube talking about veganism and health and just the wholesomeness of health too, like spirituality and lifestyle more so than just food. But there were also so many other beautiful people that I found on social media that completely expanded my perspective and changed my life. So social media is awesome. Social media <laughs> in, is in amazing. Ways. If not for social media, I, I definitely wouldn't have the life that I have right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely not. You know, I have a lot of but, these talks in every podcast, pretty much it comes up this idea that social media in itself is, has a neutral energy and it's hundred percent mm. up to us on how mm-hmm. we use it, what we bring to the table. And that's exactly what we're going to get back. And we have that ability and the opportunity to create like the most massive expansion we can't even imagine. And if we approach it that way, that's what we're going to get. And that's what you guys are doing with your lives and your relationship. Thank you for seeing that. I really appreciate that. I see that so much in you too. You inspire me a lot. You always have. It's really, yeah, it's just Evan and I have had a lot of conversations between the two of us and between some friends recently all about that. And really the way that I see it is social media is it's consumption, just like anything else in our lives. It's, you know, we all have to come into our own relationship and ideas and feelings about food. And we also have to do that about social media. It's something that we literally cannot deny in our world any longer. It's, it's a tool. It's how people use, you know, it's a tool for people's businesses to market and to advertise and it's a tool for us to connect from across the globe and just so many things and we we get to decide how we feel about it and and how it stirs our inner world or not it's also a mirror and it'll show us the parts of ourselves that we might not want to see Mm, (laughs) we have some friends that that really don't like what they see in social media Mm -hmm. and and the internet in general, it's like if you do a Google search, you can find some weird stuff on the internet. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but like it's that that's you you're doing the one that's searching. Like you're yeah. you're yeah, you're doing all the you're calling in whatever it is that you are calling in. Yeah. So, so uh, I wanna go back, Evan, to the moment where you moved to Hawaii and you thought to yourself, I have all this time and energy and space now and I have beautiful landscapes you know, probably my content is going to go somewhere with this. And you said that it didn't. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious to explore, what do you think was the energetic component of where you were at and what was that reflecting? 
Mm. Well, it, it did in a way. I would say on paper, the numbers went up and <laughs> made, mm. you know, made ground and getting more subscribers and getting more views and, and all that. I had uh, friends that were staying with me on the property that, you know, I was putting out content that was, was fun and engaging and things were doing well, but I don't know. I don't know how deep you want me to go with this, but I was kind of going <laughs> through my own like dark night of the soul, Saturn return, like just doing plant medicines and questioning the purpose behind everything and getting clear on who it is that I was, I was and who I was portraying and what social media meant and just getting really deep with it all. And for me, I kind of hit a wall at a certain point with um, with my own spiritual journey. And I think it's all integrated. Like we can try to compartmentalize our life and say that, oh, well, this is just my social media account. But it's like, no, it's it's all tied. And totally. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't not talk about what I was going through. And talking about it was hard. And creating, you know, fun kind of content was hard. And also just the practicalities of running you know, a farm or, or having a, a large piece of acreage in the tropics and fixing things that break <laughs> or, you know, keeping the power and the water running for the people that are staying there. It, it's, it's a lot and it still is a lot. It takes up a lot of my time and not just my time and my effort, but like my mental focus and my energy and what I'm, you know, kind of thinking about a lot. So that started to chip away at me and I got kind of exhausted and running retreats and coordinating all of that and trying to juggle YouTube. It's, it's a lot easier to do social media when you're just in your room in an apartment in Brooklyn and it's wintertime and it's like, what else are you going to do? But <laughs> when, you know, everything is, is happening at once out in the tropics and the gr grass grows as fast as you yeah. can watch it <laughs> and mold is on top of your camera equipment and <laughs> you know, your solar system went out because it's been raining for three days. You know, it's just real. it's things get incrementally more challenging when you've got to juggle all those kinds of tasks. So eventually my effort um, waned, I guess. <laughs> so mm -hmm. even though I was supposed to have all this free time, I didn't. I bought a building in Hilo and that took up a lot of my time. You know, a relationship in itself is, mm -hmm. is a time investment. And a lot of people, they don't really get that when they're not in a relationship. They're like, oh, well, all my hobbies and all my things just kind of continue. It's like, not necessarily. You know, I've sacrificed so much of my routine mm -hmm. to live the life that I'm currently living. And I didn't really anticipate that. Like, for instance, piano. I played a ton of piano when I was living by myself in Topanga Canyon and I had my beautiful little upright Yamaha and I had no distractions and I learned and memorized about a dozen classical pieces that were you know beautiful and I played them and I performed them in recital and all that stuff and even though I got a digital piano when I came out here that somewhat fell to the wayside and I've had to let a lot of those pieces slip from memory which is is good. It's a lesson in itself of the transitory nature of reality and that all is change and we have to just kind of keep flowing. Mm. Join the coast down the gentle river of life, the <laughs> watercourse way. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually watched your guys' video on what makes relationships successful. What is the exact name of that oh. video? 
I think it's like our number one secret to a healthy relationship. Right. Great naming, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We'll link that in the show notes for you guys listening. I watched that. And the point was, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, it was kindness. And, you know, just the way you guys so honestly and openly and vulnerably speak about that and about your relationship is just in itself that presence is super moving. Mm -hmm. For me, that really, really impacted myself and my relationship with my boyfriend in that moment. I really needed that reminder. So what you work, you know, this is just one person and and there's so many people watching what you're creating and every single piece of content you guys are putting out there is just so filled with creativity, connection with nature, intuition and gratitude. You know, when I look at your YouTube about, it says... I'm all about those descriptions because I think it's interesting. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I don't know what our YouTube says. I haven't really so, looked at that in a while. All right. So here's what it says. It says, we are Megan Moon and Evan Rock. We create symbolic adornments, ebooks on intuition, and a skin serum called Alchemy. Those offerings have manifested through our desire to remember how to live intuitively and holistically in order to become mm-hmm. the ultimate alchemists of our reality. We are so grateful to connect. Amazing. Megan wrote that. (laughs) So this is what I'm leading to. And I'm so excited because I just started digging into your book, your ebook, Megan. I keep saying book. I think it's meant to be a book. That's why. It is a book. It is totally a book. It's just only in digital format right now. So yeah. (laughs) So anyway, from the outside, here's what I saw. I saw Megan moving to Hawaii. You guys blossoming in your love and your relationship and your connection to the land together. And then Mm -hmm. I saw Megan taking over the YouTube channel that wasn't being updated very often and Mm -hmm. just starting to post all the time. Like consistency was just like nothing I've ever seen before. And so, (laughs) and I totally saw you exploring different topics, what lands with people, what resonates from, from eating to recipes and intuitive living and self-love plant medicine, everything. And Mm -hmm. You know, and then it just started taking off. I guess you found the niche that was really working both for you and expressing yourself and what was landing with people. And then it just like started blowing up. And then you guys transformed it into just Megan Moon and from Megan Moon to Moon and Rock. So mm-hmm, that's what yeah. I saw. And I'm curious to know what was the the thinking and the strategy and the intuition and all the things behind it that were actually happening. Cause it looks like it was a lot of intention and a lot of work and a lot of love. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for seeing that and for saying that. Cause there definitely was a lot of intention. There was a lot of, of thought and feeling and talking about all of it. And I took over the channel because I really wanted to. I really just wanted to create something. And I wanted to, at the time, we were really wanting to do more retreats too. And we did. We've done a few retreats and possibly will in the future too. Who knows what the future holds? We're just going to have our baby first and go from (laughs) there. But I felt really called to start creating on that channel. And so I think it was important for. Of course, I I wanted Evan to be a part of it initially, but at the same time, I felt that we both felt that it was pretty important for both of us to, or for me to just start creating on my own because I had zero social media presence before that. I was always just, 
I'm a very private person too. Even like wow. the people that know me the best are just always telling me like, you're so mysterious. You're so private. It takes you so long to, to really open up. And it's true. I don't know why I am that way, but it, it works for me. <laughs> and so I'd never, I'd never put myself out online before, but really felt the calling too. So it was important for me to do that by myself for a little while. And I challenged myself to create 30 videos in the first 30 days of doing that. Wow. And I think I that's, challenged. He challenged me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I didn't want to say that. Make you sound like. Well, well she said she wanted to do I more retreats. To. And I was like, if I you want to do retreats, like, how are you going to advertise for them? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be on social media. There's no other, like, that's how the world works these days. Yep. And yeah. so I told her, like, you know, I've, I've known other people in the past say that they like got their momentum on social media by making them like forcing themselves to be consistent by posting something every day. Mm, yeah, and it really worked. To for do me. that with the YouTube channel, obviously you have to lower the quality, but it's a really good jump start in making it part of your lifestyle. And I wanted mm-hmm. to see her come into her own. It, like it wasn't my motivation behind mm. doing yeah. this stuff because I was kind of burnt out and. I wanted her to have the whole experience that I went through of like kind of owning it. And she totally rose to the occasion and did. Wow. Yeah. It really helped me. I know. So I highly encourage you to challenge yourself to, for the first 30 days of it, like put something out every single day. Um, So you, as someone who was a private person, Megan, before this, how did you, you know, you said it was intuitive. You were called to do it. But it still sounds like it took a lot. Where where did you source that courage to really share yourself? Because the stuff you were posting was very personal and very deep. It was. Honestly, gosh, I don't know. I just I just did. I just did. It felt like I I spent a few years before that really, really introverted and on my own doing a lot of healing. I didn't date anyone for a long time before I met Evan. I was just yeah, I was really just trying to be my own lover and my own best friend for a while first. And I think that I just something came over me and I knew that I had a lot within me that desperately wanted to be shared and that wanted to connect with others. And so it was like the first few months and still sometimes it can feel it can feel hard, but definitely for the first few months, every time I did it, I felt a little bit uncomfortable or just scared, but I think I realized that most of that fear and resistance came from caring way too much about what others think of me. And a few months prior to me starting that, I had, I mean, it was right when I came out to Hawaii, I had some pretty profound life altering realizations about why and just this general suffering that I was putting myself through at the time, like why I was going through that. And the biggest realization was that I didn't see, I was living my life, not seeing everything as being beautiful. I was seeing a lot of duality and beautiful and ugly and black and white and all of that in my reality. And from that stemmed a lot of low self-worth and judgment, so much judgment about myself and just inevitably assuming that others were judging me too. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think I really, I had worked on releasing a lot of that judgment about myself and the, you know, duality that the ego believes that, (laughs) that we have, you know, that is real in day to day life, but that ultimately is not the truth of who we are. And yeah, I think that the social media then became, or just sharing vulnerably became my practice of like really putting that into practice and into reality in my life and, and showing up and sharing what I felt wanted to be shared and then just letting it go and learning to not care what others think of me. I spent too long thinking about Mm. what people think of me. And I think that's probably what kept me from sharing Mm. my life online, even just intimately with friends and family through a small Instagram. Like, I think that's what kept me from doing that for so long. So there, there comes a point when you, if you do engage with social media that you kind of have to rectify any discrepancy in your behavior, you know, online or, you know, with your friends and family. Like, is there, is there a difference between how you convey yourself in person or, or how you actually are? And that's one of the major lessons and hurdles that most people don't jump over with regards to social media. And I kept, I, I knew this and I kept kind of like poking at her, like to not make that mistake and to like, see it. Like I, I'm kind of a ruthless mirror. Like I kept showing yeah. it to her like, well, wait, is that really what you're, you know, are experiencing? Yeah. And like, want to portray that? Is that gonna, cause it, it really turns into a spiral, like a spiral that might get out of control. And if you're putting on a different face, it's really hard to hold that different face. It's exhausting. It's like a lie. If you're going to lie, you're just creating so much more effort in your whole world. You have to remember exactly who you told what and, you know, yeah. what you told that person. It's just, yeah. you, you catch yourself and they catch you and it just makes life much more complicated. So social media is the same way in my experience. That's such an interesting idea. It's interesting. I've been in social media for 15 years, but I've not really thought mm-hmm. about it that way. And I've not really ruthlessly asked myself that question. You know, am mm-hmm. I consistently kind across real life yeah. and social media? He reflects this to me too, that, you know, just like how different we can be with our online friends and family than we can be with our in-person friends and family. And mm. it just feels it feels good to be consistent in in your personality and in your offerings in real life and online. It's just, yeah, it's so much less exhausting. I've like made videos that exhaust me so much. Hmm. And he's had to reflect to me that if you're just being yourself, you know, it's like social anxiety too, which I used to get. And it's kind of the same realization that like, if you're just being yourself, Hmm. I mean, you don't care, you just want to share, then you shouldn't be so exhausted, you know? Totally. I had a big realization on that end recently because for months I kept thinking, you know, my whole platform, Breakfast Criminals, is about inviting people to start their day in a way that feels inspiring, connected, intuitive, nourishing on both physical and energetic levels. And I was thinking, you know, I need to have like a morning routine, sort of a format and template that I offer people if they don't know where to start. Mm. I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and nothing was coming. And I was hoping it would just drop on me one day. 
<laughs> and I was reading all the books about it and watching other people's YouTube videos about their morning routines. And I didn't yeah. realize that instead of just looking outside, if I just look at my own life and what I actually mm -hmm. am doing every single morning, there's a freaking solid and inspiring morning routine that I can share with people. Oh, yeah. Because for me, like, I wasn't thinking that, oh, I oil pull, I drink lemon water, I meditate for five minutes, I move my body. You know, there's like certain things I do every <laughs> single morning, but they were so yeah. ingrained in me that I didn't think of them as something shareable or valuable. Oh, that's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. So Megan, with, you know, how, first of all, how did you get into the space of not caring what people think? Were there particular practices you were doing or did it just take you consistently putting yourself out there more and more? Yeah, definitely just time and consistency. And I... But are we ever fully there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's never like... Never fully there. It's, it's a practice. It's always a practice. I still, of course, I still do care what people think, but it's a lot less than it used to be when I was younger. And I think that's just because I've gone through things that have been hard and dark. And that's really what my book is about too, is taking the, the dark and hard things and allowing them to not, not knock you down, but using them as your alchemy, as your tool to grow and to transcend and to bring more light and purpose into your life. And it's a consistent lifelong practice. And sometimes you can do it better with, you know, a friend than a family yeah. member or better with a stranger than someone yeah. that you were trying to impress. And you just got to be aware of, yeah. of the times <clears throat> in which maybe you overly care how you're yeah. received. Here's my question that I'm constantly discussing and thinking about did you guys notice that in the videos in the instagram content which came from a place of trying to fit into a box or just not being fully aligned and authentic that that landed differently than than content that was this is just me i'm not even trying to be anything or anyone let me just share where i am i think people value the intention behind something and yes the being authentic and not trying to put on a show, you know, everyone has a kind of a, like a, a radar for inauthenticity these days. People are very kind of keen and sensitive to it and it definitely matters. But then again, it's like, you might not get as many followers, but they might be more quality, mm. right? Like if you want to be big and that's just your goal, then there's certain things that you can do that you might not resonate with and I definitely wouldn't resonate with mm. and wouldn't sacrifice just for the sake of, of growing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Megan? Yeah, I think I, yeah, it's such a balance. It's such a balance. And the, the best way that I feel that I can find that balance is to, I do like at least once a week, sit down and have the intention of thinking about what, what it is that I want to share and, you know, taking notes on that and finding a structure within that and also researching what is working, like what other people are doing and mm -hmm. what, yeah, just doing that comparison thing. Because if, 
if social media is your business, then that's a part of it. You know, you have to use the tools of, of life and of the world and of competition. I hate that word, but I guess maybe comparison to, although that's not the greatest word, but I I do have to research like, yeah, research. That's great. Just research what is going on out there. And then I just really trust that from there, we are going to create the most unique and authentic version of that, that we can. And yeah, I always start with like, what is it that I want to share? Then kind of looking at what other people are doing in that realm and how I can come at it from a unique angle. And then sometimes some stuff is some really beautiful stuff is just super spontaneous and just in the moment writing and posting something or making a video. But there's also the balance of the intention and the research there that I feel no shame in and don't think that anybody should. An example of that would be like, you know, we a few weeks ago put out, I don't even know how long ago, but like, you know, plant-based, you know, pregnancy morning routine, you know, and like that was the video title and it was all artsy and like, look like we just had this, or Megan had this amazing morning and it was just all so beautiful. And then at the end of the video, she just like turns the camera on and just talks and is like, actually, I feel very nauseous today (laughs) and I'm feeling all these feelings because of X, Y, and Z and just like, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, the whole time we were filming that. And that was, that's a great example because I had like planned to do this beautiful morning routine video. And that morning, of course, I was just having a really hard morning and in between every shot was crying, didn't know why. It was just like pregnancy emotions, you know, I was like so up and down and that was kind of a down day. And Evan, I wasn't going to, I I honestly didn't even think about it because I was just in such a like sad place, but he was like, you should share yourself right now. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) And so I love that. I think there's such a beautiful way to balance the authenticity of the raw emotions and what's actually happening. And at the Mm -hmm. same time, maintain, you know, the brand and the feeling and the beautiful imagery. And you guys do that exactly so beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely hold the intention to do that, which I think just intention in life means so much. If you can just whatever your intention is, just hold that as the vision for how things unfold, because that way you can live the balance of doing things logically and, you know, do your research and whatever and be mental about it, but also just open up intuitively to allow what is going to unfold for you uniquely to do so. And And going back to the book, you know, intuitive alchemy, it's, it's transforming the raw matter of perhaps a crabby morning into something that actually is meaningful to you, to the world, to your business. And that's possible for everybody. If we can just find the way to do it, it's not easy, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's possible. Totally. So, I want to ask you more specifically, you know, you guys have already shared so many super valuable, I don't even like saying strategy, but yeah, strategies. I think there shouldn't be any shame in aligning spiritual practice and entrepreneurship. I think that's the world we're in. And when we do align it and fearlessly talk about it, that's when things just click in. So any specific 
tools or strategies or, or things you guys did to grow your social media presence? And then what mm-hmm. has that opened up for you? You know, mm-hmm. what's been the next level? What's been, what has it made available? Yeah, practically about a month ago, we've seen a lot of growth on our YouTube channel in the past month. And I can think back that practically I just, I started researching more SEO tactics for YouTube. And I really realized that tags are a thing and Mm -hmm. I need to use them. So I started using them and that also titles are a thing that Mm -hmm. just like Google, YouTube has an algorithm that is going to read what the first words and letters are of my titles and of my descriptions. And so I started to take that more seriously and not because before I was just being purely artistic with it, like whatever title I wanted to put or whatever tags, you know, or I wasn't tagging at all. Those I've, I honestly think that that has helped quite a bit. And yeah, cause you can have amazing content, but if it's not getting seen yeah. or getting shared, it's, it's just going to be a slower climb. And not that we've figured it out. We only have like 51,000 subscribers, almost 52, but like it's, yeah. In the in the last month, it's probably been two months since you did yeah, that. Maybe. We've probably got fifteen thousand subscribers or something yeah. like that. It's it's been noticeably different. But sure. another thing is just getting a better camera mm-hmm. and learning how to use it, learning how to edit better, mm-hmm. uh, learning how to color grade. We we kind of work as a team on on the production. You know, like I do certain things and she does things, and we're you know play to each other's strengths because not everyone Mm -hmm. likes or is even good at doing certain parts of the process. And yeah, so having a, having a team or focusing on your weaknesses is like really the best. Hmm. Yeah. Are you also asking like energetically if there's tools that we use or more just you have that brand? (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think about it. I mean, definitely. I would say we, we also made the the intention that this is our family business and, yeah. and that we approach it from that perspective, yeah. which gives us kind of a get out of jail free card where we can just like say, okay, I'm doing it, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for that. I'm not doing, mm-hmm. this is not an egoic pursuit. And for, for a long time, I wrestled with that on like a spiritual level. Like, is this just ego? Like yeah. trying to, you know, be totally. vain and stroke itself and like, look at, you know, Am I doing it so I get more comments? And like, no, now I have a purpose behind it and it's a family and Mm -hmm. it's growing a business and having the ability to call on abundance and not only just abundance, but, you know, freedom that social media brings as well, which is, you know, being able to sell a digital product is an amazing thing that didn't exist 20 years ago, really. Mm -hmm. And our parents and the generation before us doesn't fully get that, but that offers tremendous lifestyle enhancing things that we want to call in and we're not quite there yet where this can be our, you know, our entire, I guess, sustenance, but we're, we're working toward, towards that. And that's like the, that's the goal. That's, that's kind of the focus. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's really it. Yeah. Just the intention that every day, you know, just to like, tame the ego and remember why it is 
we do what we do and share what we share and let that guide the way. And another thing, you know, I hear so many people say how they want to inspire people. They want to help people that, you know, they're doing it all about, you know, they kind of put the cart in front of the horse and say that, like, I want to fix the planet before I fix myself. And it's like, if we can just refine ourselves and become more organized as people to live like an amazing life, to have the, the, all the practices that go into documenting and sharing that it naturally inspires other people. Like if we have the desire to, to inspire other people and that's the, the pure desire instead of just really actually improving ourselves, then it eventually feels exhausting because we are somewhat selfish beings. Like naturally we want, you know, if we're, I've rarely met anyone that would help, you know, other people, get food before they feed their own stomach. Like, let's be real. Like we live in a very doggy dog world and that's just the nature of reality. If you, if you can work on yourself first, you'll have much more fuel for your fire and much more gusto to go about that. than if you're just like, Oh, I want to go on a mission and save, you know, whoever person that I don't know. People do that. Might They might do that, but they're doing it to like have an image where they can tell other people, I went on a mission and fed these people in this third world country. I'm not saying don't go do that, but <laughs> be the kind of person that actually perhaps can live with that kind of compassion and, and do it authentically, not just because they want to impress people. Hmm. I am so with you on that. You know, I've wrestled with the idea as well of... How do I impact the world? You know, being around people who are doing major things for the world, I'm like, why do I not have that grand desire? And I realized that Mm -hmm. at this point of my life, my medicine is learning self-love, learning how to live Mm -hmm. as a kind human being and sharing Mm -hmm. that with people. You know, my whole Instagram account started with self-love and with healing my broken heart. And so For me, that's been the major lesson for me. Whenever I come back to that energy and that intention and I share from that place, that's when it actually lands with people and moves them. Not when Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, what will look good or what will impact people. It's just being myself that impacts people. Yeah, Selfishness is not a dirty word. It's just implanted by our society to think it is. But really, when we come from a place where we've actually cared for ourselves, we're we're self-centered, we have allowed ourselves to focus on cultivating a very strong foundation as a person, that's when we're overflowing and spilling from all sides and it naturally helps other people. That's my experience. That's my direct experience because Mm. I started out my whole process, as I told you before, with social media, like a lot of it was to just kind of see how the other the other would see me you know what do the comments come back saying and that is backwards in my opinion it's really if starting from from yourself and really feeling like it's your curiosity that's driving this your desire to research or to learn about fascinating people or to figure out something and get so good at it that it's effortless for you to share it then it'll it'll just be so much better Yes. Yes. Okay. I know this is a big topic and we're almost done with the conversation, but I want to get to it. It's plant medicine. (laughs) Tell me more about what role plant medicine has played in what you guys are co-creating. 
Oh, man. Yeah, that's such a hard one to talk about because it's so intimate and something that is an experience that you, yeah, that you experience without words. And Mm -hmm. so to put it into words is always (laughs) like such a poor translation. Mm -hmm. But I would be lying to you into the world if I, you know, didn't say that these these plants and for me particularly ayahuasca has been a really important part of my learning to love myself and to shift my perspective about myself and about the world and about business and creativity and all of the things and it was really in in my my first ceremony with that plant that I realized that I was seeing my reality in this dualistic way and that I wasn't that I was judging myself and wasn't loving myself. And so, I mean, yeah, as cliche as it can be, like my life has changed so much since that realization. And it really just working with with these plants, these ancient spirits and plants that are often classified as drugs by our government. They, they really are incredibly wise and ancient and are here to remind us of our true nature and of love that all is love and um, remind us of, of our intuitive, more energetic nature and that not everything is this ego that that wants to win in the world. And so, yeah, the plants really help me rebalance and remember who it is that I am and yeah, learn to love deeper and be kinder. And there's, there's no reason not to. (laughs) And I know, you know, this is a big topic and how do you even approach it? I, I'm totally with you. It's been my experience as well that, those mm-hmm. things that we know we should embody and should live, like everyone is love and connection and kindness. It's great to know mm-hmm. them, but in my experience, plant medicine has really clicked it in, in my body and my, in my yes. personal experience. So that's how it works. And, um, I know that you've written some articles on this and probably even done YouTube videos, right? That we can link. I really haven't. I think I, I really do try to. Well, I don't try to, but I just don't feel that called to speak about it mm. in YouTube videos. I think I've mentioned it and I did a story about my acne journey, which has been a huge part of my life over the past few years. I had really bad acne and that's honestly the the real reason and the intention that I first decided to sit with ayahuasca was to heal my skin mm. and so I definitely talked about it in that video. And then I wrote an article about it for, I think it was Chalkboard Mag once right. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just like you said, that's really how I think about it is that I, <laughs> when I work with plants, even time and time again, I realize that we can, just the nature of being human is to know things very intellectually. And so therefore think that we know things like if we know them in our mind intellectually that we read in a book or we hear in conversation or because it's a trend in society that we think that we know them. But 
to really have something click inside of your whole being, like in your soul to really know that as your truth is so different. And you just can't know until you know, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can't just to have that perspective of saying, wow, I, I knew that, but now I really, I'm going to live and embody that as my truth because I remember, like I deeply remember in my soul and that's what plants have done for me too. It's not always easy to integrate the, I guess, clear remembrance that we experience on plant medicine. And that's, that's in itself is a whole journey. It's, uh, I don't want to mislead people to think that they sit with the medicine once or, you know, whatever they're gonna be able to embody that going forward. It's, it's really, you have to do the work and practices like meditation and, and having, you know, self-love rituals every day is just as important. And I personally can't speak highly enough of plants like psilocybin and yeah, ayahuasca. And there, there's a way in which we can, we can approach those plants as a society as a healthy relationship for the betterment of, of functioning individuals and even for the, the healing of those that are ill, but we're not doing it. And yeah. neither of us are going to be martyrs for that process or to catalyze that change. You know, like we, we've thought a lot about that and it's just the, the kind of thing that at this stage and in, in our course of, of, you know, as a society, we need to be very gentle and talking about it and, and respectful to the traditions and the plants and all the people that continue to uphold those lineages. And Mm -hmm. that probably sounds really vague to you listening who, you know, if you have never experienced any of that, but just know that it's a very life altering realization and experience that can make someone want to uproot everything they're doing and, and go on a different path. And, that could be for the better, but it's also in the eyes of those around them and, you know, their friends, their family, their society, it's not always seen as being a helpful choice. So just be prepared for that and know that ah, it's all good. It's all love. Yeah, really, you. yeah like hmm. like you said, and that Evan was also just just touched on that it's like the integration is really is really the work and. That's what my book, Intuitive Alchemy, is about. And I've learned so much from plant medicine, you know, about that's like that book has really come from from working with plants, honestly. Mm. And the integration is just as much of the ceremony and of the work as actually being deep in it with the plant itself. It's like you have to take what what you felt and what you realized and then embody it in your life. That's what it's all about. That's what, that's what suffering and and realizing our suffering is all about is just learning from that and seeing, seeing where we're misaligned, where we're going wrong. And then just doing the work every day to show up in life and embody something different that's going to put us on a different path that we feel mm-hmm. is going to be better for us and for the the planet totally by facing that resistance right and those fears and judgments everything that comes up that really moves us to the next level so i love that you said that in the book you touch exactly on that 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're all on a journey regardless. And while there might be technologies that take us further faster, like jumping on a jet plane, as soon as we land on the ground, we're still walking. And mm-hmm. same thing with kindness, mm-hmm. right? It's sure. like we can we can realize what it means to be kind or we can experience briefly unconditional love and like that frequency. But actually practice, practicing that in day-to-day life is a whole nother trip. And Especially when you live with someone. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And if any of this plant medicine talk resonates with you guys, but you don't have experience or maybe not ready or intimidated, whatever it is that comes up, mm-hmm. I highly recommend checking out episode number 12 of this podcast. It's about demystifying mushrooms and alchemy. So it's not mm. about psilocybin or those types of mushrooms, but it's about the mushroom consciousness mm-hmm. and how even mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps, how, how does it work on an energetic level and how can it mm-hmm. expand our minds, expand our being and affect our experience? I think that's a really great to start working with plant medicine from my experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another great book that just came out is, what's it called? Michael Pollan's How to Change, how to your, change mind. your Mind. Right. And that's like a really good introduction for anyone across the board because he's so kind of He's a poster child for a certain perspective that is very much American and, you know, kind of, I guess, mainstream, right? So, you know, he's an amazing writer and he doesn't, you know, he, he's really good at, at not being all for something or all against something. He kind of shows both sides in a very clear way. So mm, that's a great call. I'm going to link that in the show notes. Yeah. So with all that you guys are doing. I want to, you know, I feel like the energy has been rising up, rising up and building. I want to use this space that we've created together to share what we are creating next. Where, you know, because we've talked about strategies and tools and how we ended up where we ended up. But what is the really the big vision of what you guys want to create? And I'll do the same. Well, I have to warn you. (laughs) I'm on kind of a ban from talking about too much future stuff. We, I'm, I, I, I'm like, I feel such like a, uh, a willingness to just like be like, Oh, let's do this. Let's manifest this. And like, let's vision our future out for the next two to five years. And it's really hard for Megan because she's like Very literally pregnant. on the verge of her, <laughs> of giving birth. This is a huge experience. <laughs> and, and to see beyond that is mm-hmm. just so challenging for her. And like, mm-hmm. we've had, we've had tears and we've had like, and it's not that we can't talk about it right now. I'm just like oh, yeah, we totally putting it in perspective mm-hmm. of like, you know, sometimes in life, and this is my lesson because, you know, she's very surrendered in this, but sometimes in life, it's really important to to just take a step back and to, you know, allow, because we're our, our future orientation, our mind, it's, I mean, we have a problem solving apparatus in the front of our head and it can be very powerful for manifestation and bring so much beauty into our life, but it also can run amok and get us out of the present moment. Mm. And we forget the simple safety and security that we do have right now and the feelings of peace that we can cultivate right now outside of anything else needing to be different. Gosh, what a powerful reminder, Evan. Thank you. You know, it's interesting. I've been, I've been feeling very similar lately 
I've always been the kind of person who writes lists and let's manifest this and mm. let's create a vision and let's achieve this. And in the past few months, I've just felt like taking it step by step, taking it one day at a time, and just every single day doing things that bring me joy and are aligned with mm-hmm. with what makes me happy and what makes me self-expressed. And so, you know, if I were to create my intention right now, I wouldn't even go into the big vision, which is interesting. It's totally in line with what mm-hmm. you were saying. I would go into, honestly, I just want this episode and the whole podcast and all the conversations I'm having and the content I'm creating to reach exactly the people it's going to impact the most and, Mm. you know, impact them and expand their mind in some way and show them that anything is possible. They can create anything they want in their lives. And at the same time, I want this to be a way for me to create even bigger opportunities and platforms to speak about those things and empower even more and more people while expressing myself. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Oh, I have little chills. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think we we both very much feel the same way. And I really didn't. <laughs> birth is so amazing. And I really didn't realize that it was going to become I mean, I've got four weeks left about four weeks. So, you know, I couldn't really have you really can't know until you know, you can't foresee this time until you're there. And now that I'm here, I'm really feeling full, like wholly incapable of thinking any further than the next four to eight weeks. Mm. Honestly, like it's really the next eight weeks that I'm just like, I have to be so grounded and present in this time that it, it scares me. Honestly, I think I was telling you this last night or the night before that it scares me to think that I feel like I need to put what we've been envisioning and creating on hold for a second in order to give birth and to bond with my baby and go through that whole thing. But I do, I have to do that. But at the same time, we've been talking so much recently about the future of what it is that we're creating and, and what we want. And a big thing that I've already started on and that I really want to do and want to manifest, you know, within the next few months to, you know, throughout the next year is creating some courses on intuition that branch off of my book, Intuitive Alchemy, but go deeper into specific facets of life, like relationships and business and manifestation as a whole and health and wellness and to really dive into those areas of life. And yeah, so that's something that's that's big for me right now that, that we both really want to work on. And we also have our YouTube channel that we every day still are thinking about and wanting to create content on. And there's also a lot of visions, possibilities for our land. We've got nine acres of land that Evan has now done six retreats on. And I've done, or no, you've done eight retreats eight, on yeah. and I've done two. And there's just endless possibilities for what that could be. And, you know, we've gone through phases of being really clear about what that is to now being super unclear about <laughs> what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, being so sure that we're going to do retreats for the next few years because we love them. 
but baby is baby is taking precedent and teaching us so much so just already without even having given birth yet so the the vision for the land is pretty unclear at this point but we have a lot of ideas and um and feelings about it but what you were talking about with just the intention behind all of it that's all that i can do right now is is be there because i feel yeah pretty incapable of anything else at the moment Mm -hmm. so with everything you guys are creating and doing social media plays is pretty much the basis right and i assume you intentionally don't do brand partnerships and sponsors so that you really build out your platform for your own products is that right not really. I just I haven't. I, yeah, I don't intentionally not do that. Mm-hmm. I just haven't really, I guess, had the opportunity to do so. Yet. I see. Uh, but I feel I feel no shame in, you know, partnering with. Well, you, you have brand. gotten some some free things and posted about them and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I get, I'm just thinking on a bigger scale of doing okay. like, you know, paid sponsorships or, you know, promotional stuff and videos and having sponsored videos and stuff like that. I haven't, we haven't been given that opportunity yet. And I have a lot of friends that have a lot, almost every single one of their YouTube videos are sponsored. And Mm -hmm. I see no shame in that because this is their business again, and they're just providing for their family and spreading so much good education and love into the world that it really, it doesn't bother me, but I have turned down and also accepted some little things here and there that feel aligned, but there just haven't been bigger opportunities yet to feel aligned with other brands or be sponsored. So before we wrap up, the big question Mm -hmm. is, given that social media is such a big part of your life together and your life separately, I love that, you know, we touched on you guys being mirrors for each other to really keep each other in check and stay true and authentic. I think that's extremely powerful way to not just get swayed away by social media Mm -hmm. and just, just, you know, all the crazy things that can happen. But what are some ways that you guys on a daily basis set those boundaries with technology to stay aligned and, and stay connected to yourself first of all? What do we do? Yeah, we're we're still figuring that we're out. Still figuring that out. Like, I don't think we actually the other day in the car we're like, once we, baby comes, we actually need to set more boundaries because yeah. right now we're just so in it that. Well, you know, I, I, don't know. I I'm kind of on the on the fence about having like set rules. Like, yeah, I think that yeah, okay, we could like say no no phone in the bedroom or like you know, no phone this time or that time. But for me, it's like just a level of awareness to just be like, okay, my partner clearly craves Mm -hmm. my attention right now. Mm -hmm. Like turn it off. Mm -hmm. And that to me feels really healthy. And if it becomes more of a problem, then yeah, perhaps we, we implement some kind of like boundaries for ourselves. But I don't think it's really gotten in between our relationship and that's different for everybody. Like, yeah. we have some friends that literally probably, like, if if one of them checks Instagram, it turns into a fight, you know, yeah. like once a week. <laughs> you know, it's like, they're not really on social media at all. So, like, but if they still, like, just check something or, like, are just not present for a second, and it's like, those are the standards. They're the, that's, like, the bar that they've set for their relationship. And 
you know, we have kind of a different goal or a different vision. So it's really like I wouldn't ever want to say something that someone else would feel like they need to live up to, you know, mm. and perhaps uh, that that will change. But that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it really. Yeah, that's the honest truth. It really just is kind of an awareness at this point of what the both of us need in the moment. And there are moments where, you know, we'll be like, can you put your phone down? I really need to talk to you. Or I really just need presents and cuddles at the moment. <laughs> and that's just the way it goes. Other than that, it's just kind of, yeah, in the flow and, and just feeling out what is needed in the moment and if one of us really needs just presence and like yesterday I was just not on social media like at all and that felt so good but I didn't plan that at all and um, I did I did think about that like the month leading up to or even it wasn't even a month it was like a month ago so it was like the two months leading up to birth I was going to give myself one day every weekend to literally not get on social media at all. Mm -hmm. And I did that for like two weeks. And then it just didn't, I don't know, I felt inspired to do stuff and create stuff or whatever. And so now it's just more intuitive where I just don't in the days or moments that I feel like I don't want to. Yeah. And then I do when I do feel that, inspired. That's the way to approach it. It's like, don't eat just because it's the time to eat. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're hungry, you know, like be, mm -hmm. be intuitive with it. And, and we can consume food or we can consume media and social media is not just media. It's just, it's just not just social. It's like, it's all, it's the, it's news, right? It's media in general. And we, we like to label it as being separate from the way in which people entertained or educated or informed themselves in the past. But just because it's new doesn't mean we have to rebrand it if someone was sitting at the TV all the time in the 90s, like that would get attention just as much as someone's on their phone all the time now. So <laughs> we have to adapt and kind of allow ourselves to just realize when there's addictive or behaviors that are out of alignment with what's healthy. And it takes an aware person to to set that. Like it's it, there's no like recipe to to make that work necessarily for everybody yeah gosh you guys i like have uh, goosebumps all over my body i'm so moved and inspired i'm gonna go and share all of this with my boyfriend who is next door uh photographing his art if i were to sum up the things that i took away just in the moment what comes up from this conversation and what i'm most moved by is one is just honest communication accepting where you're at and not being ashamed of it, that's, that seems like something that really guides what, what you guys share and why it really lands with people. Because you do it from mm -hmm. such a place of honesty, you know, from speaking about acne. I've been through that too, and I still haven't mm -hmm. shared that YouTube video because I'm ashamed of it. So mm -hmm. I'm really inspired to embody more vulnerability and honest communication. So thank you for that. Not just for me, but I'm sure for everyone listening, this has also opened up a whole new level of what's possible in partnership and how partnership can be so expansive and really like the epitome of co-creation and being aligned on the big things. And I also particularly love that in your videos, you guys don't say that your relationship is perfect. 
you say some days we have mm-hmm. this and some days we have that. And at the end of the day, we just come back to kindness. And that's mm-hmm. what matters. And I think that's mm-hmm. also very refreshing because sometimes yeah. on Instagram, you just see those perfect couples perfectly in love, always kissing. And you're like, what's wrong with me? You know? <laughs> so thank <laughs> yeah, you for keeping totally. it real on all fronts. And gosh. Un- unsubscribe from those people, by the way. Like, <laughs> unsubscribe from that, perfect people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, perfect doesn't exist. Yes. And how you guys approach your business too, because we actually, me and Eric, my partner, we have a business together, Crystal Criminals, that's all about using crystals to develop your intuition. And we just released our first course this week. It's all about that. It's learning about crystals, how to bring them into your life and really just use them as a way to create more ritual in your life and more Mm -hmm. intuition. So Mm. for me, what you guys shared about really taking that seriously and not just something that we're doing on the side, but really seeing it as a family business and something we're creating together, I think creates a whole new frequency. So that mm-hmm. opened up a lot for me too. And I can't wait to share all of this with everyone. And before we wrap up, is there anything else that comes up that you guys want to share? I'm grateful to talk with you. Like this kind of content is what it's all about. I'm so proud of you and so stoked on everything that you're doing. I always have been. I've seen how open and how excited you are to share yourself and and your reality online and it's always inspired me a lot so I feel really honored to have this conversation and to share this kind of content with the world this is like this feels so good Mm. this is what we want to create and do too you know this is what we want to be a part of so it all just feels awesome yeah (laughs) podcast has been in the sphere of possibilities and we just are not quite there yet you know, to have the space and the freedom to do it. But yeah, just want to share gratitude and the mutual inspiration. It's, it's there. Feel it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much guys. And what's the best yeah. way for everyone to connect with you? So our YouTube channel is called moon and rock. Uh, people can find us there. That's really where we're sharing the most just raw real time I mean obviously because it's video so I mean not live we do some live hangouts but it's more just real life stuff so if people want to connect with us there that's a great way to you know kind of see our lifestyle here in Hawaii and hear about all the other stuff that we're creating and our website is also moonandrock.com and then I'm on Instagram Megan underscore moon and i guess you could just put how to spell that in the show notes and he's evan.rock and yeah we share on there with with stories and i love to converse with people on instagram too i of course can't like get back to everybody but i find it to be just so rewarding and and beautiful to hear stories and converse with people on there and especially in the comments on youtube we love the comment section on youtube it can get so so real and deep and beautiful. So you guys those are, are creating those spaces. Places. Yeah, it feels really awesome. It feels really awesome. It's such a good community on YouTube. So that's probably the best place to connect with us. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. I feel so lucky <laughs> to be Same. able to do what I do and to connect with you guys and to share that mm-hmm. and enjoy the rest of the rainy or maybe raining no more day in Hilo. Yeah, it'll probably keep raining. That's what it does here. (laughs) Thanks for chatting with us. I love you. 
Love you back. Aloha. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.